My head felt like if, as if someone had struck it hard with a baseball bat. It was pounding like crazy, and the back of my neck was throbbing with pain, bringing my hand to my cheek. Bringing my hand to my neck, I slowly massaged the pain away. My eyes widened, and I soon came to realize what had just happened. My kingdom had been under attack, and both Hizasi and I had been taken captive. Wait. Hizasi? I quickly get up, ignoring the sudden dizzy feeling, and look around the room. I am in to find Hizasi. My words are washed away when I see him lying down on the floor, sleeping, his chest rising up and down, signaling that he's alive. A sigh of relief escapes my lips as I softly smile to myself. I look around where I'm standing and quickly recognize his place. Warn the castle dungeon. I don't remember how we got here exactly, but what I do know is that someone either betrayed the kingdom or that they are back. Lost in my thoughts, I didn't hear these Aussie wake up. I feel a pair of arms engulf me and some sobbing. I slightly turn my head and see long, silky blonde hair. He's also, he's also sobbed and hugged my body tighter. So, so, um, so gl glad you're okay. I turn my body around and hug him back, my chin resting on his soft head. I'm glad you're okay too, Hizasi. We stared like that for a bit until Hizasi let go and wiped the tears on his cheeks and the one freshly coming out of his eyes. I patted him on the head for comfort as he stopped crying and looked at me. Anyone there? Hizasi and I stiff up at the sudden call. We look up at each other and slowly get, get up, a bit scuffled about the person who's calling us. I let Hizasi know to stand behind me and protectively held my arm out in front of his body. Who's there? I call out. I look at the cell bars in front of us and from the darkness I see a young boy come out. My eyes widen as I take a good look at his features. His hair was split into two, one side bright red and the other icy white. He had heterochromatic eyes. One gray and the other a color somewhat similar to aqua. Over the aqua eye, he had a terrible scar covering most of that section. My name is Todoroki Soto, the person who is now Todoroki Soto, announced. I came from my kingdom, Simono no Hama, to the kingdom of Oranayoru to talk about our trading routes. I blinked and asked, what are you doing here in the dozens? I do not know either, Todoroki responded. I simply told the guards outside the palace who I was, and as soon as they heard I was royalty, they knocked me out and placed me here. I moved my arm away from Izasi and ran my hand through my hair. By the way, Todoroki asked out loud, may you perhaps be the kingdom's current rulers? I nodded. Yes, but as you can see, someone has captured us and taken over our kingdom. Funny, asked the king, you don't seem to have purple hair. Totoro pointed out, making me look at him weirdly. What do, we, what do you mean? Well, from what I was told, Totoro pointed out his hair, the rule of Oranai of Ruru has messy purple hair that sticks out everywhere. You don't seem to have purple air, hair, so that's why I had to ask. Uh, I'll look at his Aussie, who was already standing next to me, and chuckled. That's my son you're talking about. You see, he is supposed to have already been ruling the kingdom by now, but since he hasn't found a partner, we're keeping the friends safe for him. 
You know how our old rules work. Totoring nodded as if he had already understood the situation. I see. That makes much more sense. Bam! The entrance to the dungeon burst wide open, creating a loud bang that echoed all across the brick walls. The loud sound made us all over our gaze to the solid figures inching closer and closer to ourselves. I grabbed Isasi right away and pulled him back, my body moving on its own, and now it's didn't find the blondes. Totoro took a step back from the south bar and hid himself again in the dark part of his room, blending a bit with the shadows. Walking close to her cell, three occulted men stood by the cell bars, two holding chains and another holding a silver dagger. That silver dagger seemed awfully similar to me, but I couldn't seem to remember where exactly I had seen it. The man in the middle removed his cloak, and a wicked smile caused his eyes to the silver. Seeing as how his hand shook when he grabbed my arm tightly, with the hand that he thought he wasn't grabbing, I placed it right on top of his hand, grabbing it tightly. The metal man stood a few steps forward. Why, hello there, my king and queen. How are you doing in this fine and wonderful day? Pretty fine, if you ask me, I say sarcastically. That is for someone who is being held in his own dungeons. Come now, the man placed his hand on his left cheek. There were no position in these sarcastic, my dear king, so I suggest you tone it down for your own safety. And of course, his eyes to Rizasi standing behind me, for your queens. My eyes narrowed and glowed bright red. So help me, if you lay a single finger on my life. The man laughed, and so did his buddies. I'm just teasing, your royal highness. I never hurt the queen. Well, if you give me the information I'd so desire. What information? Where your son is, of course. My fist clenched in pure anger. Why the hell would you want to know where my son is? I'd figure you'd be smarter than that, my king. The man cooed. You see, we need a location in order to send him a special letter. The way he said a special letter made something inside my stomach turn. I wanted to throw up so badly. I held the feeling in and asked, We? Ah, yes, well, the man corrected himself, chuckling a bit at a small mistake. Our boss, to be exact. My eyebrows furrowed and confused, and looked at his Aussie, then back to the man. Who is your boss? That, my king. He placed a single, he placed a single finger in the middle of the slits. It's a secret. In due time, you'll find out who he is, anyways. For now, just give us the location to where your son's current residence is. If we're sharing information, I'd first like to know who the hell are you people, I shouted at them. Zossi gasped and shook his head. As he was talking, he frantically shook my arm. No, you can't! Don't tell him where our baby is! Silence, the man shouted. Zossi quickly placed a hand over his mouth and tears trickled down his cheeks. As much as I wanted to punch the idiot in the face for even having the audacity to scream at my husband, I had to be calm and reasonable so I could get information out of him. Who are you people? I repeated again, having the rising anger me. We are an organization called them. The letters have no meaning to them, so don't even ask for one. The man paused as he heard a snort somewhere, but no one seemed to be smiling, so I figured it was Todoroki who almost broke out in master. The man coughed and continued, Our organization focuses on the sole 
reason of taking over kingdoms that are either too weak or have no current ruler. We have taken over kingdoms in the past, and due to how those kingdoms have been taken back by its rightful rules, we are currently nowhere to continue our plans and whatnot. Word has reached our ears saying that your beloved son hasn't come of age, nor has taken his rightful place in the throne. Am I right? I bit my lip and didn't say anything. The man smirked, taking my silence as I know. I guess your silence means that I'm right. Our boss has already concluded this, and that's why when you, my king and queen, went out and don't know where, where we decided to take over your weak guarded kingdom. Of course, that was pretty easy, seeing as how the guards and citizens are such weak people. You bastards! Izasi cried and threw a rock at the man, hitting him on his cheek. You didn't have to hurt our people like that. If you wanted to take over a kingdom, you should have just waited for us to return. You hurt innocent lives! The man smiled, ignoring the sudden violence against them. Oh, that we know. But you see, we had to. What do you mean you had to? I asked. In order for a complete plan to take over the kingdom to work, we needed to install fear into the kingdom's people. Without the fear, how would your people listen to us? We need loyal servants to do our bidding, after all. As the man finished his sentence, I felt so enraged and wanted to wipe that damp murky I plastered on his stupid face. I had the same amount of anger that Hizasi had boiling through his veins. Hizasi was attached to the kingdom's citizens. It was his job to town for all him, for him, after all. Hearing all their needs and tending to his own needs, Hizasi made it his sworn duty to be the voice of the people in our kingdom. So when he heard that this was going to happen because of them, Hizasi was devastated. Anywho, the man continued, now that we've shared our part of information, it is your turn, my queen. My king. Oh my god, I forgot about that part. I said to myself as I kept my mouth closed and only eyed the man closely. Even though we didn't come to an actual agreement to share information, I knew I had to say something, anything. If I didn't, who knows who'd get hurt. Tell me something, I began. What are you planning to write in a special letter that you're sending my son? The man placed his fingers on his chin and looked at his eyes, and his eyes looked to his side, acting as if he was thinking to himself. To himself. Hmm, that is a very good question. What are you going to write in that letter? I asked, my face my voice pronouncing every word was worse. You better answer me. The man laughed and held his hands down in front of him. No need to be so feisty, my king. I was only teasing. I growled and the man coughed. Over a bottle ride is a simple letter telling a young prince to basically do what we want him to do for his family's safety. And that is... The man's eyes narrowed, and a sinister smile creeped on his face. To come home, give up the throne, or his life and everyone he holds dear in, in, in said life will die.